1: Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by the Cochran Firm and Boston Scientific, streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. I am your host, Will. Come on now. Skywalker, Still, Boom. Time to move forward. Onward to these coats, man. You read it. Running back row continues for the Dallas Cowboys. They play the Colts. Jonathan Taylor going to talk about how the Cowboys need to continue to tighten up and possibly start their own streak. We'll talk about that specific streak later. But in the roundup, roster moves. Some Some interesting roster moves that I think got cleared up this morning. Yesterday, we were trying to figure out what happened. But this morning, I think we are on the right path. So we'll talk about those two things and we'll dive into this Colts Cowboys matchup today. It's about the Dallas Cowboys defense against that Colts offense if you want to call it that. It's been offensive if you are a Colts fan, but nonetheless, the Cowboys when we looked at the schedule, we saw a ton of uh, running backs and running games that were going to be a problem this year and this was one of them. Jonathan Taylor, while he hasn't had the craziest year this year, he still is a beast and they will be going from Aaron Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Dalvin Cook, um, to Saquon Barkley, to now Jonathan Taylor. So we'll we'll dive into that. And, of course, Bomb Squad. Shout out to y'all.
0: Bomb Squad!
1: Y'all can call into the show, 351-999-3787. That's right there to my, I guess my right, your left. Uh, And it's also scrolling down there on the DFW turf ticker, the number one artificial turf in the DFW area, what's goody, Cowboys Nation, man? What's up with y'all? Let me get into this chat, see what y'all are talking about. What's up, Chris? L, Trey in the building. Uh, De- 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 Dezo? Dezo? I'm not sure. J in the building. Peter, Esther B, Trey Mott over on Facebook. I am legendary. Los, Gregory, King Julian, Iceberg Q. D. A. Lee, Six the Glorious Midnight. Professor O, what's goody? T-Mac, who else we got here? Joe T, Timothy Donaldson, a Lou. We're going to be talking about another. uh, 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 No, that's Jordan Lewis. Never mind, never mind. I'm thinking something different, man. I'm thinking something different. Jose, feeling toxic. Joey, who else we got in the building? J-A, Beverly Horn. We got a lot of people already up in here. I appreciate y'all. What's good, Matt Gottix and Miss Debbie G. How y'all doing this morning? Did anybody else get a chance to take a look into this Colts team? Because well, at least the Colts offense. I didn't say that. The Colts offense. Because man, it, it's one of those games, one of those studies where it's like, I know what the Cowboys are supposed to do. We just need them to goddamn do it. We just need them to do it. You know, show some uh some consistency against some of these subpar teams, these fighting Jeff Saturdays, man. It's uh we'll we'll get into it though. So let's let's get into this roundup. Talk about these moves. I want to hear what y'all got to say about some of these moves, and uh, then we'll move forward. Should be a swift, swift, easy show this morning. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! Time.
0: It is time for.
2: It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys.
1: Hey, yo. Welcome back, James Washington. That's what it's looking like. Per Ian Rappaport, quote from Twitter, the Cowboys are expected to open the 21-day practice window for wide receiver James Washington, a source has said. He's been on injured reserve after breaking his foot in training camp. Funny how things work out. Just last week, I believe it was, Cowboys Nation. Maybe it was the week before. Uh sat down and spoke with Dr. James, Dr. James, Dr. Boothby out of OSMI. And we talked about this James Washington injury some more. And my, my question to him was, is, is this recovery time normal? It seemed to be a bit extensive, s- seeing that he broke his foot. In August, and here we are. It's December tomorrow. So, December 1st is tomorrow. August, what's that? August, September, October, November, four months. He was kind of, I believe he was kind of in the middle. You guys can go back and check that out. Really good sit down with him. We talked about Tyron Smith and James Washington. But remember, when you activate the 21 day window, that does not mean that they are on the active roster. Does not mean he's going to suit up Sunday. Also, doesn't mean he's not going to suit up Sunday. But until we find out on Saturday or Sunday who they eventually call up because of the fo- the next thing we'll talk about. We don't know what they're going to do with James Washington. They got three weeks to decide. I-, I would give it a couple weeks because let's take you back for a little bit here. James Washington signed by the Cowboys. He gets dinged up in, in in the spring, you know, when the veterans got together with the rookies. So he really didn't play a whole lot. He had a boot on. Camp comes. Boots gone. Practices one day the next day first padded practice he gets hurt within the hour so james washington doesn't have much chemistry with dak doesn't have much practice time with these receivers i mean i'm sure he knows the playbook because he's just been studying but he doesn't have any type of experience with this team just yet so i would give him just saying two three weeks the whole three weeks you also got this beckham situation you got to deal with but I will give James Washington a number of weeks prior to me uh, deciding on whether he should be on this active roster or not. I, I don't know that we're ready to see that yet. Not quite yet. But speaking of uh, Dr. Boothby, got to give a shout out to OSMI. Fantastic sit down with my guy. Every, every month I do it, and hopefully we continue to do these uh, throughout each season. But OSMI provides Arthur arthroscopic and robotic-assisted orthopedic surgery, foot and ankle surgery, sports medicine, physical therapy, and a ton more. Their team of orthopedic specialists has offices in Fort Worth, Decatur, Mansfield to provide state-of-the-art orthopedic care in the North Texas area. When it comes to medical care, you and your loved ones deserve the best possible experience, so schedule your free, your hassle-free appointment today at osmifw.org. Here's where the the perplexing move happened yesterday. Terrell Basham was waived. Now it's not perplexing in the sense of oh my god they cut Terrell Basham. What are we gonna do? No no no. Terrell Basham didn't play a whole lot this year. Uh, was on injured reserve after the first week and only played in 26 defensive snaps. Uh, in his last two games. And when I say last two games, I don't mean last week. They didn't have Terrell Basham last week. Uh, But according to Michael Gelkin, the team shot Basham and Tristan Hill before the trade deadline, both eventually waived. And as we just talked about, Basham is healthy after spending the bulk of the season on IR. When this happened, we were, it was me and Vach on this show, it kind of, they just dropped the news on us. And we were like, huh, we were trying to figure out, well, what could this be? Could this be a Tyron Smith call-up situation? Could th- I didn't think it was Odell Beckham because they're not meeting with him till next, next week. Um, could this be Tack McKinley, even though they don't necessarily have to do anything with Tack McKinley from a put him on the roster standpoint. They could just keep calling him up. He has two more call-ups. Uh, Tom, the actual Tom Downey, brought up Shipley, the offensive lineman who doesn't have any more call-ups available. So maybe because of the depth issues on the interior of the offensive line, they decide to put him on the active roster. What y'all think this could be for? Because the Cowboys are very calculated in how they handle these type of roster gymnastics uh, on their team. They they don't just make these moves out of nowhere. Um, What y'all think this could be? Tack McKinley? Making room for a new signing. The thing about tack, though, Tino, that seems to make sense. What's good, Stephen White? <laughs> Ryan Nall's coming back. The tack thing makes sense on the surface, but when you dig deeper, they don't have to do anything with tack McKinley. They can just continue to call him up two more times and keep that active roster spot available for someone else. Then this James Washington thing happened this morning and. I was wondering, well, could it be James Washington? But I wouldn't call up James Washington. You know what I mean? So what y'all got? What's on y'all minds about the situation? It's very odd. A lot of you guys think it's for tech. Well, a professor doesn't. I'm, I'm saying where? DQ wants his guys. <laughs> the actual Tom Downey, what you mean? Mel said tiring. That That's what me and Vach were talking about. Could this be... Tyron Smith being activated like right away, as opposed to the 21-day window, giving him a couple weeks and then activating him. Unlike James Washington, Tyron doesn't need practice. When I say practice time, I mean, he doesn't need to know the playbook. He doesn't need to understand his quarterback. He doesn't need chemistry with the offense. He knows this team like the back of his hand. So maybe he doesn't need a 21-day, three-week uh, window to be brought up. But if I had to guess, Tom, Tom Downey, the actual Tom Downey, I think he swayed me. I think this may be one of those situations where uh, th- they may just call up Shipley full time because he doesn't have any more call ups. And the Cowboys are a bit thin on the interior. Let me see. You'll need a spot for Tyron, but not yet. Right. That's why it's so weird that they. It's an interesting, interesting move and I don't know if we really got an answer. It's one for th- it's oh it's one of three players tack Tyron and Washington. I don't think we should we should rule out Shipley. But that would seem to be the the overwhelming thought, right? Is either Tyron Smith, James Washington or Tack McKinley, one of those three guys will be called up. Uh you would think one for one. You lose a pass rusher, you get a pass rusher and Tack McKinley who Did y'all see the video? Let me see if I can pull this video up. This dude. This dude don't make no damn sense. His arms. His arms are bigger than my entire freaking body, man. There it is. Trying to get it for y'all. Shout out to, I think it was Pat Walker who, who got the video the other week. And he's like a serious dude. Listen, I don't, he looked like a dude that's going a goon. One of those dudes that you get off the bench, right? And you say, just go in there and hurt the dude. And y'all know me. I'm all for that. I don't care. Yesterday we talked about uh, uh matching toughness and all that wouldn't. There you go. <laughs> what the? Hey, Tack. He'll skip no arm days. I mean, it's not hard, Gregory, but I mean, do you see what I mean now? Look at at this. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know how that translates on the field. Dude can literally scratch his knee without bending over. Yeah, man, he ready. He focused. He back with Dan Quinn. I think he's on a mission. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but I am, I am, yeah, y'all. y'all <laughs> I am interested to see, you know, when he gets on the field, what he can do with this team. He played a couple games, I think, with the Rams and got into it with some players on the sideline. Um, I think he was with one other team prior to that, but not not many reps this year. So he's hungry. And I'm interested to see if he can go in there and get a part of this sack machine, get part of this rotation. If he does, if not, if it's not this week, he was called up last week, then they deactivated him on game day. Uh, if, if he is called up, then he'll be a part of the Sam Williams rotation, who continues to get more snaps without Terrell Basham in the game. Now, Terrell Basham missed last week, and then two weeks ago against Minnesota, Sam Williams saw the most snaps I believe he saw all year. Uh, in fact, 27 and 26 snaps from Minnesota game and the New York game. When Basham was cut immediately, I thought on field, Sam Williams should see more snaps. And then I was like, well, Basham hadn't played all year anyway. He played in what, two games or something like that? So it's not like he was taking snaps away from Sam. But it is a good thing that Sam Williams snaps have increased over the last uh, two weeks. The more he gets going, I I just think he can be an X factor later on in the season, possibly in the playoffs uh for this pass rush man dude is a I think he did it again last week where he just bullied one of these offensive linemen I thought it was Andrew Thomas but it wasn't just hemmed him up pushed him I think he tripped him over another dude and then got in his chest like Sam Williams is a bully we talk about the attitude error he is the attitude error he's the attitude on that side of the ball for the 2022 draft class 2021 Michael Parsons but man if if DQ could continue to get him some more snaps, it would only help this defense, I think, moving forward. But speaking, speaking of the New York game, Dan Quinn brought that up. He talked about how the tackling was better. If y'all remember after that Giants game, Dallas missed something like eight tackles or something. Nine, eight, nine, ten tackles, something like that. And Dan Quinn was pleased with this defense. And pleased with the fact that they did a better job at tackling, something that they're going to need to do to where are we are tackle that man, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, let's take a listen to Dan Quinn. He spoke on Jonathan Taylor and the Cowboys uh, tackling situation from last week.
2: And the second thing uh, we we're pleased with was our tackling. And so if you remember um, going back to our first game, we had nine missed tackles uh, when we played him up. Uh, at at their spot and so to have two in this game I thought that was a big improvement. Um, you know, from the quarterback to the running back guys who've just you know are exceptional at what they do in terms of running the ball. I thought that was a big piece of it. And so
0: picking back on that Clarence Over we'll start um I guess you prove when you start to run you have to prove it again this week with, with this running back. Yeah, that absolutely, that you... yeah.
2: I think you have to and the reason being is um it's the speed, you know, that uh Taylor's a bigger back. He wouldn't think just, you know, because he has this kind of speed, but he is a, you know, strong size back. So the inside run, if you just, you know, miss your fit or, you know, miss your angle, you can really, you know, be vulnerable. And I think you saw that, uh, you know, against the Raiders on the long one that he had where if he gets out to the edge and he can split it, he's got the speed to go the distance. And uh, that was true from his college days and, you know, it's kind of carried all the way through. But he is a tough back uh, that has real good speed. So, uh, this will be our third, you know, one in a row of guys that are that can really, you know, make the big plays.
1: He ain't lying. Jonathan Taylor, man. You could argue, I don't care which way where, where you want to put it, top three back in this league. And, and I know it's not it doesn't look like what it looked like last year, but he's still a problem if you allow him to be a problem. Um Rico said they need to continue, they need to continue around the ball and on the defensive side of the Parsons to his thing off the edge. Oh, let Sam play backer been hearing this a lot I don't elaborate more on why why y'all think Sam Williams should play linebacker unless you mean like outside linebacker is it because he looks like Micah or is it because he's he's kind of built like an old school looking linebacker but Sam Williams is a defensive end you know I, I've, I've heard this I'm, I'm just interested to hear why people want to put Sam at linebacker very curious um I think Damone Clark is your guy, roaming that middle if you wanted to put a a, a middle. But but I believe I believe Sam is a, it was going to be a fantastic defensive end. He can play to run well. He can move inside if you want. He's got some speed off the edge. And I'm not getting at anybody. I've heard this. I've heard this on Twitter. I've I've seen it here. A lot of people want to just throw him at linebacker. Maybe in Madden, you know, Madden is something cool to do. But I don't, I don't think you want to. I don't think Sam, you want Sam Williams having to decipher which hole, which which gap to pick and, and, and going sideline to sideline from a linebacker standpoint as opposed from chasing a guy from behind. See, I think he's when he a beast against a run from a defensive end position is different than being a beast against a run from the linebacker position. Just curious. Cause I've heard it, you know what I mean? King said, what up, King? I don't understand why people want Sam to play linebacker. The man is a straight edge. 100%. He's a, he is he is an edge rusher's edge rusher, man. He plays like it. He plays like it. <laughs> hey, Aaron, you confusing the mess out of me. <laughs> Steve said he can cover the flats. I have no idea if he can cover the flats. I, I I watched a lot of his tape at Ole Miss. I didn't see that man play no linebacker to cover the flats. I seen him play inside at defensive tackle. I seen him play defense in. Um, but I didn't see him play linebacker and run out and cover the flats. You know what I mean, I, I think we got backers that can do that, for sure. I agree with that, Jay. Uh, Sam sets the edge, the second best to De- Demarcus Lawrence. I yes. I'm 100% on board with you on that one. 100% on board with that one. All right, let's get to this Colts offense, which, man. All jokes aside, because we had fun with this yesterday. All jokes aside, because every week is a different game, right? You're supposed to, (laughs) every team is different. But I watch this Colts offense. And I just, I don't see anything I I necessarily fear. And that's with all due respect to Jonathan Taylor. All due respect to Jonathan Taylor. Like, like, I respect him. But the running game, how it's manifesting itself this year, I don't fear it. They're They're the 30th ranked scoring offense in the NFL. 25th in rushing yards. And to go a little bit deeper to go a little bit deeper on their scoring offense. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they scored 17 or fewer points in three of their last four games. Let me just double check that. Yep. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Five of their last six games. They have scored 17 or fewer points. Do you want to go even further back? 7 of their last 9 games, they've scored fewer than 17, 17 or fewer points. Let's not let this be the game that the Indianapolis coach somehow some way figured things out. They're 31st in, in turnovers, 28th in third down percentage, 29th In red zone scoring. And before we get to the guy of the hour, let's kind of start backwards here uh, with their passing game. Which is led by Matt Ryan this year as opposed to Sam Ellinger who Matt Ryan was benched. Sam Ellinger came in. Jeff Saturday got hired. He said, nah, bro, we want the the veteran. Now Matt Ryan's back in. Remember, we, we played Matt Ryan last year. Y'all remember how that went? I think the offense might have been, well, at least the weapons passing wise were a little bit better over there. But but Matt Ryan didn't do too good. I call him an ABC type of quarterback. And I don't mean that as a slight, but it's like Matt Ryan does everything by the book. It's one, two, three. I'm hitting it. Or it's a sack. Or he's not making an off script play. And, And because of that, He's going to try to deliver the ball through hook or crook in a tight window. Contested throws is what Matt Ryan is going to do because he's not a guy that's going to scramble. He's not a guy that's going to make an off-script play. He'll step up in the pocket. I've seen him do that, but I've seen him also step up in the pocket and throw inaccurate passes or interceptions like he did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's one of the the few statues left in the NFL. You look around the league, most teams have a mobile quarterback or a quarterback that has some mobility to him. That ain't, that ain't Matt Ryan. That ain't Matt Ryan. So I think the Cowboys are going to get after this dude. And here's another reason why, because he's not, you know, he's a statue and he's not mobile. And because his offensive line, who has not been great, has given up 32 sacks, which is third most in the NFL. If you cannot move against this Cowboys pass defense or pass rush, you are doomed. And we talk about that offensive line. I'm surprised, man. I, I truly, truly am surprised how not good they've been. I won't go as far and say bad. I have no idea. I haven't watched every game. But it hasn't been all that good. And they've put some resources into it, right? Like Quentin Nelson has is, is been one of the best offensive guards in football for the last few years. This year, he's been okay. They drafted Bernard Raymond, which, oh, my God. They drafted Bernard Raymond, right, out of Central Michigan, who a lot of draft junkies, y'all remember Bernard Raymond, right? Like, y'all remember Bernard Raymond. How many of y'all were on the Bernard Raymond uh, train this year to draft him? Just out of curiosity. Because I'm not saying a dude is is a terrible left tackle now, But I think a lot of people converted tight end to tackle were, like, a potentially – Later down the line, Bernard Raymond could be something that left tackle, but he, he's, he's there. He's their left tackle, right? So the last couple of weeks, I got here in my notes and he's been, he, you know, he is what it is. I think he gives up, he gives up the most, the second most pressures on their, their line, but he's given up three sacks over the last two weeks and six pressures. And now he gets Michael Parsons. <laughs> We just saw what Michael Parsons did to one of the best left tackles in the league. One of the best, and he gets Bernard Raymond. Over or under two sacks for Michael Parsons. One and a half. I'm sorry. One and a half. That two means he get three. He ain't had three yet. I'm gonna take the over. I think we get another two-sack game for, for Micah Parsons this week. He Did you hear what Micah said after the game against the Giants? He wanted, he wanted Andrew Thomas because he didn't get a sack in the first game. It, he put out a hit on Andrew Thomas. He said, I want it one-on-one. I don't want no help. I don't want no – don't be stunting. Nothing. I want this dude. And ate his lunch. Bernard Raymond's a rookie who's struggling right now it's trouble but the crazy thing is he's not even the guy that's the mouse in the house it's going to be their right guard will fries who also in the last three games has been struggling he's given up 10 pressures and has had four penalties on the year well i say on the year i mean over the last three games so hello osa hello uh big bo neville and those boys d law Hell, Micah might twist stunt over top of him as well. So their offensive line just has not been great. But if they can block it up, the guy they're going to go to, Cowboys Nation, is Michael Pittman Jr. That's the guy they're going to go to. 74 receptions, 747 yards, two touchdowns, 26 contested targets. This is what I mean by through hook or crook. Matt Ryan is going to throw the ball to these dudes, him and Alec Pierce. But but Pittman Jr. leads the team in 26 contested targets and 15 contested catches. So when I say fear, you know I don't even like to use that word. But the matchup I am worried about, can y'all guess? I mean, I kind of I kind of said it the other day. But it's it's Michael Pittman Jr. on Anthony Brown. That that worries me from a deep shot standpoint and a a red zone standpoint. I don't know if it's something where I want to follow Michael Pittman Jr. around or anything like that. I, I don't know if we need to put digs on him. But Matt Ryan got a little bit of YOLO to him. And if if they're watching the film over the last couple weeks, three, two, two out of the last three weeks, Just send Michael Pittman down the sideline. And if the Cowboys continue to be stubborn and not give any help on these deep shots uh, on Anthony Brown, I'm just going to throw it up. He's 6'4". Anthony Brown's not jumping with this guy. He may stay with him from a a speed standpoint, but he's not jumping with him. So we talked about this yesterday on Vach's show. I think they need to start putting help on, on Anthony Brown's side from a deep ball standpoint. Or... Put him money in, in the inside and let him chase. I'd rather Anthony Brown chase guys underneath. That's something that he's shown that he can do, as opposed to just going to run down the sideline and and hope. I don't like the hope creed. And hope I don't get mossed. And hope the quarterback doesn't put it on the money. If I'm if I, I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is, but if I'm Jeff Saturday, if I'm Matt Ryan, if I'm Michael Pittman, I'm watching the film. I'm like, hey, we got to get a couple of these nines. We got a couple of these double moves. Uh sluggos, whatever. A couple of these fades. Just just throw it out there. Let's test them. Put put it where either I get it or nobody gets it. Three or four times in the game. Make Dan Quinn have to allocate somebody else over there, which they should be doing anyway, because I think Diggs can handle his own. If you want to follow Trayvon, then then sure. I mean Pittman Jr. is a perfect matchup. Pittman and Alec Pierce, to be honest with you, who's their rookie wide receiver, another big body guy. Um Got some speed to him as well, but he doesn't see a ton of targets. I think in the last four games, he's only seen more than two targets once. So, you know, sure, you can follow Trayvon Diggs, and maybe that's the answer, but then you also have another six-foot-three guy that can go up and get the ball and just, hey, do the same thing. Throw, Throw it up. Throw it up on A.B., man. That's where the money's made. Now, these slants and things like that, he's played those a bit better, but these deep balls... He's not been good at him this year, whatsoever. Uh, Marcus said, "Guarantee, AB will give up at least one massive play when he settled. Then he settles down. That was that was what happened last week. Right? Gave up the big play, and they really didn't do much else. But the problem is, a team will pick. I don't know if it's going to be this this team, this quarterback, this coordinator, whatever, but." You get to the playoffs, they'll continue to go that way, 100%. Uh, Danny says, a game in Indy or Dallas? This will be Dallas's second game of a three-game home stand. So they got one more after this, and then they go back on the road. If I'm not mistaken. Let me make sure that confirm it. Yep. They get Colts, Texans, and then they go to Florida for the Jaguars, and then come back home for the final home game of the year against Philly. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah, said AB not that bad, yo. <sighs> AB has not been that good this year. Ah, that's just the truth, man. You know, it, it, he, he hasn't been that good. You can say he's not that bad, but he ain't been that good. This isn't the AB of last year. That's for damn sure. I mean, that, that's, that's backed up by the film. That's backed up by the statistics. That's just facts, man. Um, I, I don't know how we can go in each week. And if I'm an offensive coordinator, I say that's the guy I want to go at. It's the guy I want to go at, and that's just being that's just being real. You know what I mean? That's not sugarcoating a damn thing. He's always been a replacement level player, and sometimes he plays above replacement level. But I think majority of the time he's been playing at or below that this year. If we're being completely honest. Definitely on those deep balls, man. Definitely on those deep balls. I, the contested throws. In front of him and been he's he's played a lot better when he's when he's been in man coverage. I think he struggled in zone because he has to come up and tackle and he hadn't tackled well this year. It's another thing he hasn't done well is tackle well. Um, but if he's playing man and, and and it's a contested throw underneath, he's played that well, which is why I'm a bit baffled that they won't attempt to move him inside. They won't attempt to move him inside to allow him to chase these guys underneath. He has a speed to chase. He's done well in a man coverage standpoint from that area of, of defense. I want to see what Deron Bland does on the outside. I do. I want to see what Deron, Deron now, Deron Bland, you want to talk about ball skills down the field. That's a guy that, that I, I would love to see his ball skills uh be put on display. I would. The other guy that had a breakout game for the Colts on Sunday was another pet cat of mine, man. Jelani Woods, seven, like 280. He had a tackle for real. He had like seven catches for 70 yards all season. And they finally started to go to him, which, look, Mo'Ally Cox is another good tight end, too. They got a, a solid tight end group there with Mo'Ally Cox and Jelani Woods. But they went to Johnny Woods nine times. He had eight receptions for ninety-eight yards and five touchdowns. That was his breakout game this year. I don't know if they'll continue to go to him. Maybe they 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 found something there. Uh, the way Pittsburgh played them, which Pittsburgh did a lot. Of, <clears throat> excuse me, did a lot of disguising in that game, and sometimes it definitely threw Matt Ryan off. I, I think he's going to get thrown off in this game too. Um, But when it was time to, hey, man, we need one, he was going to Jelani Woods. Five of his eight receptions came uh, with the first down attached to it. Big body. Dallas has shown that they've had some issues dealing with some tight ends from time to time. Um, But I said this yesterday. If Jelani Woods has an eight reception, 98-yard game, I think Cowboys probably are blowing these dudes up. Here's another reason why I'm just not. Afraid and and again, or worried. Now, Jelani could go out there and snap, and they can beat the Cowboys. It's any given Sunday. Pop quiz Matt Ryan had a a certain tight end last year that the Cowboys played at home that everybody loved. Y'all remember who that was? Pop quiz. hmm Pitts train. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, who everybody loves. And, and, and listen, rightfully so. Kyle Pitts, fantastic tight end, six foot six, two forty something, runs a four three or whatever it was, four four. Kyle Pitts, four receptions for 60 yards in a 43-3 blowout. Is anybody under the impression that Jelani Woods is better than Kyle Pitts? Same quarterback. Older. Worse. No. So, I'm, I listen, I, I like Jelani. I, I think he'll, he'll make some catches or whatever, but he didn't, he didn't strike fear in me in this game. Now you put Johnny Woods with a Tom Brady. We might be talking about a different story here, but we're talking about Matt Ryan and his coach offense. So respect to Jelani Woods. But uh, but the, you know he found his footing in this game against the the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and good for him. Good call. <laughs> but I just don't see it happening, Cowboys Nation. I just don't see that. Let's just be frank though. This will come down to one man and one man only. And we're talking about Jonathan Taylor, who I really admire his game as a running back, man. I think he's a five tool player. He has it all. He can break tackles, he's powerful, he's quick, he's fast, he's explosive, he has great vision. He can literally do it all from the running back position, and if you wanted to argue he's the best back in the league, you wouldn't get an argument out of me. Uh, you know, there, there's obviously the Derrick Henrys and the Nick Chubbs of the world, but Jonathan Taylor is right up there with those dudes, no questions asked. Hell, you you might argue he's one or two as the most talented back the Cowboys will have faced uh, in this entire season. Now, like I said, he hasn't put together that All Pro production. He only has 779 yards only, but that's still solid. 4.6 yards per carry, really good. Four touchdowns. But last year, he was on a ridiculous pace in the year before. But one thing, you know, when I watch the coach run game, boy, it's very basic. It's one of those those type of run games that I walk them. Because what gives the Cowboys trouble is not this type of stuff, man. It's not line up, fire off the ball, and and create lanes it's east west stuff it's it's eye candy it's pre-snap motion the colts do none of this i don't know if this is jeff saturday uh, you know know, being an old school guy but but man they do nothing to mr and they run a whole lot out of shotgun they run a whole lot of handoffs out of the shotgun with matt ryan so guess what i don't gotta worry about matt ryan pulling that ball and running all right okay now, that's not to say that Taylor can't be productive because he does a great job at pressing the hole. He can make defenders miss at the line of scrimmage. He does have 39 missed tackles forced because of that bounce that he has at the line of scrimmage, that vision that he has. One of the things when you listen to commentators or you just watch that you'll notice them say a lot is about his legs just constantly moving. He's a powerful back. He's moving the pow. Reminds me of a uh, prime early Ezekiel Elliott, where you think he's down, but he just keeps going and he gets an extra two, three yards. A lot quicker than he looks because he's a bigger back and a lot faster than people probably realize until he hits that open field. He ran like a four-four something, so he ain't he ain't slow, but he's but that four-four might even be faster on field speed when he gets out in that open field. Man, he can break away. But it, it starts and it stops with that man, Jonathan Taylor, man. You got to wrap up. We started off this breakdown with Dan Quinn at the press conference talking about how, you know, they only missed two tackles against Saquon Barkley, um, which was a a, a a better performance than week three. You got to have that same performance this week. Jonathan Taylor will make you miss. And, and the way he'll make you miss is, is not just from juking you it just run right through you. He'll just run right through you. So Cowboys gotta be on their game. Uh I say it all the time when we go up against these backs. The linebackers, 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 Zamone Clark, uh, L V E. They've got to wrap up. They've got to meet they gotta meet these uh linemen and meet Jonathan Taylor at the hole. Don't let him get a full head of steam. He he hasn't had a lot of uh yards after contact this year. His yards after contact is is is, is actually I think below average this season. But I think a lot of it has to do with his his line just hasn't been that great blocking for him. Just hasn't. But that's their offense, man, to me. Stop him. You make Matt Ryan have to throw this ball. Matt listen, Matt Ryan is washed, Cowboys Nation. Let's just be real. He's washed. Don't don't let him don't let him find his footing. Jay said we owe him a shutout, or somebody else said we owe him a shutout because of what Jay said here. Last time we played the coach, they blew us out 23-0. And we made Marlon Mack look like the second coming of Marshall Falk. I remember that. 2018. Uh, went on the road to Indianapolis. Andrew Luck. Cowboys were rolling, too. That was the that was the only game that they lost. I think they won like a 7-1 run in that second half of the season. Um, that's when I think we were falsely under this this impression that our defense was one of them ones and to be fair from a a rushing standpoint this is what's gonna be this' is gonna sound crazy they were actually volume stat wise holding teams to a very respectable number and that's where I want to kind of hit a potential streak the Cowboys can get on Dallas is now two games in a row. You're probably like, it was two games? Who cares? Two games. The way things have been going the last three seasons on the ground is a big deal if you get to three. Two games in a row, they've held opposing teams, total rushing yards, under 100 yards. Two different ways, too. Well, the one way against the Giants, they shut it down. They shut that shit down. So, kudos to them for that. The other one against the, the, the Vikings was... Not that way. They didn't shut it down. They made them stop running the ball. And it, those are the two ways. Those are the only two ways you're going to make a team not run the ball on you. Either you score a lot or you shut them down. The Cowboys have shown they can do both of those over the last two weeks. But can they make it three times? I don't care how it gets done. I don't care if it's because Dallas puts up 35 points in the third by the third quarter and they got to stop running the ball. I don't care if it's because they shut them down. I would love to see that way because now we get more confidence moving forward. But at the end of the day, the results is what matters. So if they hold this team to under 100 rushing yards, that would be the third game in a row, three games in a row. Be the first time that has happened since the first three weeks of last season. Anybody want to or anybody want to guess? When's the last time the Cowboys have had three games or more outside of uh, holding a team under 100 yards prior to last year? Anybody know? Anybody have an idea? Look this up because it was interesting. The last time the Cowboys held opposing offenses under 100 yards, more than three games. 2018, 1995. Can you imagine if you were on a bad streak that long? No, wasn't that long. It was 2018. They did it five games in a row. Until that damn Colts game. <laughs> Went back even further. I said, well, how many times have they done this? Crazy. They've only, they've only done that post-Dak Prescott's rookie year. That one time in 2018. In 2016, and this is why ball control offense, it really kind of warped our minds on this run game. In 2016, they did it. They held opposing offenses under 100 yards, five straight games, twice. I didn't even know that. That's impressive, but it also goes to show you. When we had Jason Garrett, it was about keep away. It was about time of possession. That actually was a year where I think the Cowboys uh, held the ball longer than any other year in the Dak Prescott era, which makes sense. You know, rookie quarterback, uh, fourth round pick, thrown in the fire, Zeke Elliott, offensive line, ball control run. Defense is not that type of defense. So, But they held teams to under 100 yards rushing 10 different times. I think it was more than that, actually. But five, the streak of five times, two different occasions in that season. Uh, And it had a lot to do more, though, with that ball control. A lot more to do with that ball control. And I think Dallas has to get a mix this time. I I don't think it can be solely like it was in 2018, where we're getting excited because we're holding guys under uh, 100 yards because the Cowboys are holding the ball for 36 minutes. At the end of the day, the results do matter, right? But once you get into those playoffs, you want to have that confidence and that belief that you can stop San Francisco's running game, that you can stop the Philadelphia Eagles running game, that you can stop uh who else in the NFC might run the ball? Minnesota, although we've we've been there with Minnesota the last couple years. But nonetheless, you want to make sure you can stop these running games. So I want to see it done that way. But if they come out of this game and they win 37 to 13 They averaged 4.9 yards per carry, but they only rushed for 60 yards. I mean, I'm not going to walk away from this thing whining about it. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. Authentic in the building. What's good, bro? Indeed. Well, he said that's because Jason Garrett knew the defense was bad. The defense couldn't couldn't stop guys on the ground consistently, so you definitely got to play that keep-away ball. Uh, Hoxton09 must have just dropped in. He said, I take it they haven't made a decision on when James Washington will be back. Well, Hoxton, um, if you go back to the roundup up here, uh, let me get this out the way. James Washington's 21-day window was activated. So either he's going to be back here in the next three weeks or he's going to go back to injured reserve. Or maybe he'll get waived when Odell Beckham gets back well, or gets here if he gets here. We'll see. We will see. King said, "Yeah, because in 2018 we had the number one run D. The numbers show that. In regards to the total yards, but boy, that was a year they ran for 300 yards on us in that in, in that in that playoff game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Let's let's add a little bit more mojo to this thing here." by hollering at our nomar doppelganger shout out to boston scientific in today's fan focus segment which is you guys in the u.s more than 39 million men suffer from ed and boston scientific created edcure.org to help you find your best cure to get started you go to edcure.org you take the quiz you learn the severity or your severity or risk of. And if you have a condition that puts you at a higher risk, you'll find a customized content. The fastest way to find your best cure is to contact needy specialists specialist by browsing a list of experienced physicians in your area. Visit edcure.org. Brought to you by Boston Scientific. And we're undefeated since we dropped this one. Let's go, baby.
2: You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast... Oh, Iron Seat. Oh, that's crazy. ...of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and... Reach for the sky. Here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live.
1: You know, when, when Boston Scientific signed up for this, I don't think they had an, any idea that we'd be flaming some of the faces of Boston Scientific. Muhammad Sky. Iron Sheik Sky is crazy. Sky from Dubai. I love that one. That's that, that's not going anywhere, but Iron Sheik Sky is crazy. Hey, 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 hey. Feeling toxic, Joey? We ain't going there. Okay, All right, let me press this button. (laughs) Yo, oh, no, skylight, no. (laughs) Somebody call (laughs) it so we can get rid of this. Oh, jeez, Sheiky, baby. (laughs) Yo, I don't even want to read. I don't even want to read the most vulgar ones. YouTube weird man they they're here something, yo y'all crazy. Pablo Sky nah now, now that you say that toxic if we ever if we lose under that version of the Boston Scientific I will go get me a Pablo Sky I will tell uh, Sosa find me a Sosa Sky. Let's <laughs> go. I can't stand y'all, man. (laughs) Yo. Y'all is wrong, man. Y'all so wrong, dog. I'm reporting y'all. Who should I put a timeout first? Let me get back to here. I'm putting King Element in timeout. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. I ain't gonna put y'all on timeout. Uh Sky has been on Sky has been on his dean lately. Y'all crazy. All right, let's let's get <laughs> let's review. Let's review today's today's breakdown. Colts offense was today's breakdown. I'm excited actually to actually talk about Colts defense tomorrow. But Colt's offense, Jonathan Taylor, Quentin Nelson, Michael Pittman Jr. and Jelani Woods, I think are their key players uh in this game. But I think it all starts with, like we said, Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor, you stop him, you stop this offense. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan is a statue back there. Stafford, statue, statue. Matt, Matt, tongue twister. He's a statue back there, man. This pass rush is going to get after him. I think we could see another. Oh yeah, seven sacks against Kirk Cousins, something like that this week something like that 30th ranked scoring offense they shouldn't score more than 17 points they, they they haven't done it they've done it once i'm sorry in three of the last four weeks five of the last six seven of the last nine it's a bad offense man it's a bad offense. x factor i would say is jelani woods he, he he's the guy that, that that caught fire last week um and, and we know if he gets matched up on an A B or somebody like that, that height difference, which I don't think it'll get matched up on A B, but that height difference could be a problem. The Michael Pippen Jr. height difference could be a problem, but I don't think these guys offensively strike fear in any of us, right, Cowboys Nation. Nah, I don't see. It. Uh the NP says 10 sacks. I don't really 10 sacks, but but I definitely see us I definitely see us getting a lot of sacks in this game for sure. For sure. I would attack that right guard and Bernard Raymond. I think I think D-Loss, I think Sam Williams. I think Sam Williams is going to have a good day against Bernard Raymond because what he struggles with a lot is that power, and Sam Williams is one of the most powerful dudes on this defense as a rookie. Imagine when he get that offseason peanut butter. Imagine. Y'all not platinum. X-Factor Paris Campbell, I guess that would be considered an X-Factor, kind of an under-radar type of guy. Um, if he's going to ma- primarily be in the slot, I do like to match up with, with Deron Bland, so I feel better about that. I just I just don't fear their passing offense, man. I I just don't fear it. And the only reason why I bring up Jelani is because Jelani found his footing last week. Yeah, that, that that's that's Jelani Woods, who who is uh, authentic. That rookie tight end uh, found his footing, and, and I actually like. If, honestly, if there's another X factor, it's the other tight end. I think he's I think he's solid as well. He's a guy I, I wanted the Cowboys to sign. Peter says D. Law, Micah, Sam, and Dorrance will feast. <laughs> Platinum, these coats ain't even copper. Come on, man. Calvin, are you are you trolling? Matt Ryan can run. Matt Ryan is a statue. How many times did the Cowboys get after Matt Ryan last year? I'm curious. Now I'm curious. That was with the worst pass rush. If Matt Ryan is considered a guy that can run, boy. Anybody got that? He said a lot. Anybody got that number? I'm curious. How many times did the Cowboys sack him last year? I think he may be in a worse situation this year. Think about this a second. Matt Ryan is the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL, and he missed a couple games. They only sacked him twice last year, but they picked him off twice. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know he had that bad of a Oh, my goodness. Matt Ryan was 9 for 21. 117 yards, two interceptions, two sacks, and fumble. Whew. And we got better. All right, Matt. All right, buddy. Um, my grandma beat Matt Ryan in the forty. Fike said, "I want to say X Factor is coaching Saturday. I think Saturday is probably lighting a fire in this team, probably not enough. But I digress. I would say that they seem better by all accounts compared to earlier. You know, it's it's maybe maybe they, it's hard, man. They're they won one game, you know, in the last three or four, so." And they, and they scored more than 17-1 of those games. They're fighting. That's why they call them the, the Fighting Saturdays. They're going to be a fighting team. They're fighting. I think, you know, all due respect, and a lot of people don't like this coaching staff, but I don't think it's even close. Like, I think if, if there's an X factor for coaching, I think our coaching is, is much better than their coaching. Um, so, yeah. Jay says Diggs is due for an, an interception. He picked off Matt Ryan last year. Matt Ryan likes to throw into tight windows. Uh, they don't do a whole lot of downfield stuff. Um, at least they didn't last week. And we mentioned this, mentioned this last uh yesterday in the show with Votch. If, if I was Dan Quinn, I would do the whole roll the safety over to A B and let Diggs be the one on one. Teams aren't trying Diggs anymore. But there's going to get a point where you can't even try a B with a safety over top because if you throw a deep ball like they did in the Giants game, well, Malik Hooker is right there waiting to pick it off. So you come to the opposite side, and for, for whatever reason, some quarterbacks kind of have this mind lapse and they say, Well, I'm going to try digs. Anytime you've seen teams try digs this year, deep, he usually picks it off. So I want them to actually try digs. I, I, I want I want. I want DQ to bait Matt Ryan into throwing it to Diggs side. The odds of you getting an interception with Diggs one on one is even higher than getting an interception with AB and Malik Hooker over the top. Seriously, he's that good with the ball. So I, I want him to try Diggs. Please, please do. Yeah, I- maybe Matt Ryan. Looks at the tape last year and say, I'm cool. (laughs) I'm chilling. And that's why I want to see a slight adjustment from Dan. And we'll talk about this. um, We'll talk about this a little bit more detail probably later today. But I want to see a slight adjustment from Dan. Malik Hooker revenge game. Uh, I didn't think about that. I'm actually going to try to get D-butt on here tomorrow. Darius Butler, uh, talking to him. Former Indianapolis Colt. Former teammate of... Malik Hooker, who last year when the Cowboys signed Malik Hooker, he was like, if Malik Hooker's healthy, he's a top five or ten safety. And a lot of people were like, well, yeah, he been he's been playing some good ball this year. Healthy. Right. So uh, I would love to get Darius Butler on here tomorrow as we talk about this Colts defense. Attitude's going to be way different. Energy going to be way different. Talking about that Colts defense, that Colts defense is a good defense. That's a really good defense sound defense they lost their guy uh former dallas cowboys defensive coordinator to chicago as their head coach and they didn't lose a beat in my opinion they lost shaquille leonard ain't lose a beat that's still a really good defense over there so we definitely have to take them seriously and uh, we'll talk about that we'll dive into it uh here's a good question from jay carter Sky, you rather digs eleven interceptions, leading the league in yards allowed, or you rather have this year with less picks and a shut down cornerback? One. That's 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 a good question because those eleven interceptions, boy, they were fun, and he had two touchdowns. Let's not leave that out. I don't. I don't. And here's another thing about the leading the league in yards. I, I can tell you right now at least three receptions that were counted for over 150 yards, I would put on digs. And then there was a bunch of other receptions that just did not matter. So I I think it's, it's it's some nuance, some, some, uh, context to the leading the league in yards thing, because I I don't necessarily think I'd have put a ton of those yards on him. I think he was more or less in the 700 range than he was in the thousand range, but that's just me. Uh, 11 picks, two touchdowns, or shutdown, and we got three picks. I, what y'all thought? I guess shutdown and the three picks. I, because when you say lead to leading yards, I guess we're not using context, so that sounds bad. But, man, 11 interceptions and two touchdowns, that's – and they really try to diminish that that season, fam. That's crazy to me. Shutdown. Y'all take the uh shutdown. Three interceptions. Yeah, because here's here's the thing though. Like, I would take it if we actually used him as a like a shutdown corner. And what I mean by that is, and last yesterday nobody threw tomatoes at me. So don't throw tomatoes at me as I say this on our way out. What I mean is, I don't think it's far fetched. To start utilizing this defense in the manner that the Jets did with Daryl Rivas, don't don't throw don't throw tomatoes at me. I ain't saying he's Daryl Rivas, but I don't think it's a goddamn coincidence here. Now that we get we'll get actual numbers, we'll get actual numbers here. They're not going over there like that. I mean, since his bad game against L.A., five targets are the most targets on Diggs' side. And remember, there's targets in the area. And and they blew out Minnesota, so they're probably throwing the ball at the end of that game. Um, One target against Green Bay. Five targets in Chicago. Four targets against uh, the Giants. Did he give up? I guess he t- he technically gave up receptions, but that how many of those receptions were really digs on a guy? He yeah, had gave up I gave up four receptions, thirty seven yards. So I would definitely take the safety. Put one of them in the middle of the field. Take the other one on passing downs. Put him right over top of Anthony Brown. Like or however, however Matt or not Matt Ryan, um Coach Ryan did with with revis island i would start saying all right listen y'all not gonna go over there y'all not gonna test him deep you're not really gonna do anything cool we're gonna we're gonna make y'all do a baseball shift we're gonna congest every other area on this field and allow this man to take the other one away so if if you're not going to use that shut down ability or or shut down manner This shit, man. Give me those eleven picks and those two touchdowns. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. So those five targets in the in the Minnesota game were the Jefferson targets. So see, so they tried him and they found out it ain't work. Do y'all feel what I'm saying though? Like. If Diggs is going to be treated that way, respected that way, then how do we take advantage of that? Probably not a question you can even ask uh, Dan Quinn because I don't think he'd give away that game plan. Something you probably got to ask, um, Coach Coach Al Harris on the low low. Right, you find Coach Al Harris running around the start. Hey Coach, come. On. Uh, J- Joe Witt. Hey, hey, Coach Joe. Yeah, is there a way y'all can start deploying this back side of the defense? A little differently now that teams are respecting digs to the point where they're not even going his way. More questions. Sky, would you say Osa has been a letdown this year? Um, from what I wanted, like what I what I thought he'd be, from a number standpoint, the answer would have to be yes. From how they actually using him, I would say no. I thought they were going to use him more as a pass rushing guy, just like go get the quarterback. Uh, but we've talked about this a number of times here. That's not how they're they're utilizing their tackles. Their tackles are crash dummies. Their tackles are the stunt guys. Their tackles are used to kind of get the defensive ends, which is why you see most of them with the sacks uh, home. But surprisingly, Osa is top 15 in pass rush win rate from interior defenders, if I'm not mistaken, or at least going into the game he was. I don't know what he is now. But only let down because I, I thought they would kind of unleash him as that kind of uh what's the cat in 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 the Fal- with the Falcons? Grady Jarrett, right? Like, hey, go get the Q. They that's now what we're we're the number one stunt team in the NFL. And that means that a lot of the times your tackles aren't their job isn't to go get the queue. So that's it's 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 a letdown because I want him to have, like, six, seven sacks, right? Um, but that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. Oh, let me get to these Super Chats. Uh, Sully, since I got you on screen, let's just go to you right now. Super Chat. I uh, appreciate you, man. $5 donation. The crazy part of Revis Island is Cromartie was on the other side. He wasn't no slouch. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, yes. 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 So we'll talk about um, the coach's defense tomorrow. But when I was watching that game, I was like, man, could have Stefan Gilmore. I would love Stefan Gilmore on this team. Opposite of Diggs, man. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, not having... I'm sorry, Drevis had a a Cromartie on the list. And Cromartie was getting picks. They was messing around and finding out over there. What date are we at here? Let me make sure I got this right. I do. Uh, John Jones, appreciate you. And Calvin Roscoe, both dropped $5 in the Super Chat. Super Chat. Just just supporting. Thank you very much. And I almost forgot until Coach just called in. We got to pay one more bill where we will hear from coach and then we'll get up out of here. Uh, and of course, when we hear from coach, well, we will hear from him on the Pulse of the Nation hotline. Brought to you by the Cochran Firm. A Friday, I will be live back down at the Cochran Firm, kicking it with my guys, Larry Taylor and Brian Pope. Two guys who have been serving this DFW area since two. 2005 protecting you guys and fighting for you guys with all kinds of civil cases. And they handle those cases on a contingent fee basis. Meaning if there's no financial recovery, they charge no fee. I mean, and when I say all types of cases, I mean all types and be in the Houston area, hit them up as well. The Cochran firm is down there. one 800 the firm or schedule your free consultation a day at CochranTexas.com. What's up, Coach? Long time no speak. How you doing, man?
0: What's going on, Sky? man? I mean, just try, trying to get through the days, man, at work and stuff like that, man, but good talking to you, man. And, um, I see you still doing your your excellent job, man. I, I just wanted to reach in and, 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 and talk about one thing I just want to mention to our Cowboy coaches and maybe just this, this, uh, for the stretch run. All right. You know, you know, young coaches like Keller Moore and uh, these other young coaches, man, they, coach they did so involved in the analytics. I think Mike McCarthy, before he came here, they, they said uh, that he wasn't an a analytical coach and he had to, to go into the tunnel when he got uh, let go at Green Bay. He said he was going to make analytics one of the bigger parts of his, of his newfound coaching career when it started off when he got his second chance. Yeah. I just ask for this: Did our coaching staff not look at the analytics of the league as much, but look at the analytics of your own team. What you need to do, I think, sometimes we get caught up in watching the analytics of the of, of a of a whole league, and we don't hone in on the analytics of our on our Pacific team. Follow the analytics of this specific team and you have no problem with success in
1: this stretch run. Sure. It de- definitely comes so, up. I mean, you're not playing a bunch of top ranked defenses until you get to Philly and, and uh until you get to the last actual yeah. last three games, really.
0: Yeah, follow the analytics and when you do get to the tougher teams, you cannot you it's gonna come down to and you, as you know about this, playoff football comes down to who makes the most mistakes, not who makes the biggest plays. Who makes the least amount of mistakes? Sure. And it comes down to who are the who is determined to make to put in things a little bit, but to impose their will on of their type of football. If you look at you look at the greater teams. If you play a certain way and your analytics say a certain way for 17 games, Mm -hmm. you cannot change styles in Week 18 in the playoffs. You may put a couple of nuances here and there to loosen things up or to, to make a player here and there, but you still have to stay true to who you really are. And that's what I want this Cowboy team to do, is to build their identity as we go through this last part of the season to say, this is what we are, and no one will stop us from doing what we, we do. And as you build that philosophy and you build that confidence in yourself, you are usually successful. But if you're jumping around trying to outguess people and switch it up because of what you think people are going to do, you'll find yourself sputtering a little bit. I ask this Cowboy coaches there: look at the analytics of what makes this, this team successful, has made the to seem successful this year, last year, and hone in on that and say that was what we dedicated to do to get to where we want to go. That's all I ask. It's not even about who you who you bring in or whatever, but look at the analytics. If that's a big part of your thing now, and see what the analytical thing says.
1: Sounds like you're saying you know find your identity
0: and stick and, and, but to. But your and... identity has been, it's been Is being pushed in your face, yeah. But you, one thing about um, not only football, guys, and and this is about uh, this is a life lesson. A lot of times, your identity is put in your face—the thing that you you are very good at. But we have people have a tendency to fight their identity because of their hopes for something else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you become that gets you off track. And you lose ground because you're trying to force something else where it's looking you in your face of who you really are.
1: Or you want to be like somebody else.
0: Yeah. I want to be like somebody else. And that's why I'm saying when I say about the analytics of, you know, you can't compare yourself to another team because the other team, that's their identity. Mm -hmm. That's not yours. But you can't say your identity is not as successful. If you get into your groove, what you do best and the stats have shown what we do best we are ultimately successful but when we get out of that and try to do other things yes we may have some success but we cannot be successful as we could be if we do what we are built to do all i ask for this team that's all i ask for this team if they say they were looking that, ladies Because the analytical has been saying time and time and time again. And I think sometimes we get into a point saying, well, what if this happens? Well, you know something? That's in any team if this happens. Mm -hmm. But if I take the odds, because Las Vegas makes a lot of money because people bet against the odds. But the odds tell me if I get to this this type of football and I stay in this type of realm, that I win,
1: I have to go with the odds, and yeah, let somebody same. else beat me. Good, good stuff, Coach. I I wish there was an analytics on offensive coordinators in the booth because I think we still need to get my get our guy up in there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well,
0: well, well yeah, the booth. You, know, you know something I want to say right quick. Since you said that, you I'm still the, on that I train, you.
1: Coach. I, I would love to get yeah, put. I've, it up been,
0: I've been on that I've been on that train. But you know something? that really pushed me to that train even more? Mm-hmm. If you watch the sounds of the sideline. Yep. Right, there's no interaction, and I mean that this a clip, and I'm not going to go a clip. But it seems to me there's no interaction from your coordinator to the rest of the players on that offense at all. Don't don't never see him in none of the clips, or of encouragement, or getting the offensive line to do something, or talking to the you know, backs, or in a, getting a group together. Never see that. Now, that may be just clips, but that is a distancing thing of how you get in by leading a man. If you're not going to do that, the best fit for you is up in the box where you have clear view, clear thinking about displays and, and your tablets and all that. If you're going to be on that sideline, you have to do those things, but you still have to, the people on that sideline, have to be sometimes in your face motivating, let me look in your eyes to see if you're calculating what I'm saying. And if you're not that guy, you need to have somebody there, and you'll be better suited, like Quinn was saying when he was told that he needed to be in the booth, where you can think clearly, you can see things clearly, you can see it, and you can be able to process it in a cleaner environment so you can still talk to your quarterback and all that stuff. So that's a, a thing that he has to learn. But he, he's only had four years of coaching, four, four years of coaching, so he up not, not understand that. And Quinn said the reason why he went in the box was because Pete Carroll,
1: Pete Carroll told him, yeah.
0: suggested him to go in the box because Pete Carroll told him of his experiences. So then he had just suggested him to go in the box. He tried it, and now that's what he likes to be. But he first liked to be on the sideline because in the assistant coach days, he was on the sideline, on the
1: sideline right? Pete Carroll
0: suggested. So that's what we call mentorship from NFL coaches. And that's where I think this young man needs more of a mentorship, not to be, have free run to do what he wants to do. That doesn't mean he's not smart and that's not cutting his, his job or, or hurting his growth, but he needs direct mentorship but again, I get back to saying what I was saying first, guy. The analytics shows what makes this offense tick. The analytics shows what makes this defense tick. The analytics shows what, uh, how we play together, and what form do we play together when we get the best output of this team. Follow the blueprint, you will get success. Indeed. Get away from it. You will fail.
1: Appreciate you, coach.
0: All right, Scott. Keep doing
1: what you're doing, brother. Thanks, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. Words of wisdom from Coach Maw. <laughs> Box talk. I'm I, I just think that just the, that's the best thing for a guy like Kellen Moore, man. He ain't motivate nobody on that damn sideline. What, 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 is Kellen, what who's getting the hype from Kellen? You know what I mean? You want to talk to Dak, pick up the phone. How hey, you talk to Dak? You, I, I think he, he's one of those, i want to be smarter than everybody, guys. You can see how somebody's defending you from up in the booth in real time. Now I know they get to the side and they get the pads and all that stuff. Things are moving fast down there. I digress, but I don't want to go backwards. All right, tomorrow we'll be talking about this uh this Colts defense, hopefully we'll get my guy Darius Butler in here. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hound him, see if we can get him up in here. That would be a good conversation to have. He's killing it on everything. Um, If you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button on the way out. <laughs> I'm not about to do this box stuff with y'all. we not. <laughs> if you jumped up in here, the algorithm found you, and you're like, what is this? This seems pretty cool. I like it. Or you're not sure yet. You want to go look around, do that. But if you look around and you enjoy what you see, hit that like button. man. Subscribe and hit the bell. And I'll let you know when we drop our videos and when we go live. Uh, later, I'll be back on with Vach on the Vach and Body Live Show. Mo will be back on this channel and on Facebook. A to Z Sports Prime Time. And I will be dropping our weekly uh, question posts on I'll probably do it on Twitter too on YouTube and Twitter for me and Jesse today is our podcast we, we will be recording our Cowboys fourth and long podcast today y'all have been asking some great questions continue to do so we'll get you uh on air and if you're having a hard time finding out where that is it's, it's on all the podcast platforms under a to Z sports uh podcast which I got to talk to them they they make it so difficult for you guys to see it but I'll drop the link as well in the questionnaire so with that said We're going to hit this button and get up out of here. Ryan will not be back. Don't you owe me a jersey or something, Tom? You owe me a jersey or something like that? Or did I say I was going to wear the jersey? I don't remember now. But I'm going to say you owe me a jersey. Let's just call it even. (laughs) Like, y'all, we out of here. Peace.